Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Race Equality Podcasts. I'm Anna, and I am a fourth-year medical student, and today with me I've got Cassie, who is a social work student. Cassie, would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Cassandra. You can call me Cassie. Um, I am a social work student, but um, I work with the Race Equality Advocates. Thank you, Thank Cassie, you. for this introduction. So we're here today to discuss the topic race and allyship, what comes to mind? Should we get started? Yes, of course. So the first question that really comes to my mind is, what do you mean when you say allyship? What's meant by allyship? Allyship is working together with people who are of white and ethnic background. Uh, To me, Allyship is understanding and celebrating diversity of people, accepting and empowering them um, with everything that that they do. Uh, It's also being able to encourage people of colour and just support them wherever they need help. Sure. I think something that I often hear that is quite nice is that allyship is not a static thing. It's not... Um, something that you achieve once and then it's done. You need to keep on working um, towards being accountable and, you know, towards forming relationships and uh, educating yourself as an ally. So that's something that, that I quite enjoy. The, the, the fact that it's an everlasting process yes. rather than a single achievement. And yes. why do you think that, um, that allyship is necessary? Um, that is a good question. It is necessary because it helps people stand against oppression, to be honest. So which means, you know, recognizing that everyone comes from different backgrounds. And it's also good to support people to achieve that equality, you know, racial equality. That way people don't often feel that they don't belong in a place or they have to stand out to be heard. So by being an ally, it's good to show respect and to also listen to the voices of others and help them to to feel that they can change something or don't need to keep shouting and shouting or saying things with people then looking at them like they don't they're not making sense. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's important to to really stand up and speak up against things that you know, that don't look right to us because if we're silenced, in some way we're also complacent with yes. whatever injustice is happening, whereas we need to make our voice heard to to show not only support, but also to show that some things don't really stand right with us, um, yes. which is why I think allyship is, is, um, is very necessary. But I mean, throughout the conversation, we've already mentioned stuff that one can do to become a good ally. But if you were to give me another example of what a person can do to become a good ally, what would you say? I would say it's about being able to walk with someone, being able to understand and help them promote that common goal that you have with them. So by working with someone, it's always about trust and seeing their experience and being able to you know, help them out when they're having a difficult conversation and you can see that. And it's just that human nature of having that sincere and being authentic in what you're doing. So being able to tell someone that, okay, don't worry about this because that person makes you feel that way. 
It's also about working together to include them in society as well, helping them feel more comfortable in that environment that the person is in. Yeah, yeah. but I guess at the basis of all of this is really an awareness yes. of the issues of racism. And I guess people often wonder how can they become aware? Like, what should they do to, to really have a better understanding of racism? and what people of a BAME background um, have to face daily. So what would you say? So I would say with that one, um, people should you know, educate themselves and just acknowledge the, their privilege, you know, and then look at the situation and look out for discrimination or oppression. Uh, try and read about racism and be open to the fact that um, it's not always about, oh, um, it's me. Think about you and yourself and often how you know that person's voice may be shut out or might not be heard so it's always just you know thinking to yourself how, what can I do to help this person and being aware that um, some people might not have the ability to show the strength with their voice or might not be able to come forward to speak about their issues so if you can encourage them to do that that would be a good thing to start off with and I guess Something else that is really, really important is also listening and just show that we are actively listening and actively educate ourselves. Yes. Educating ourselves. But how can we really make sure that we are showing that we're listening to people and that we're respecting um, their life experiences and what they're going through? So with that, like I said, it's just been being authentic, uh, being able to listen to someone but not be dismissive at the same time for example if you're in a group um exercise and you're talking about your personal experiences but the person brings their uh their color or their background uh, experiences into it try and actively listen to what that person's saying because you might think well that hasn't really affected me but the the person you know being affected by it you know there's strength in that and the person's trying to move forward about it so it's good to just acknowledge that people have different backgrounds and people do come from different places. But if you listen, that is an important part of an, an ally because it helps that person know that they can feel supported and encouraged to just be you know, be within the crowd rather than be away from the crowd. And I guess apart from listening and encouraging people, there's also the speaking up part and the challenging um, assumptions and microaggressions and overt acts of racism, which we briefly mentioned um, a few minutes ago when we were talking about, you know, the fact that if you actually don't stand up against oppression and if you don't decide to be actively anti-racist and actively fight these things rather than simply, you know, say that you don't agree with them, but never stand in the first line then really, really few things are going to change or better, not like the situation will not really improve. So I guess another thing that we all must really learn how to do is to speak up when we see acts that we do not agree with, um, because that's the only way that really you can call someone out and you can um, really make a difference in the life of both the person that um, the person that is being, I guess, oppressed and the oppressor themselves. Yes. Um, what do you think about this? How can how can we effectively speak up 
and challenge racism? The best way to do it is to challenge by challenging appropriately, challenge racist uh, comments appropriately. Also help the the person to feel that they can report um, racism uh, that's um, affecting them. And also, you know, with the words people say, try help them understand that if people use derogatory words, it's not out of a laugh or it's not out of, oh, just take it on the chin and then move on. It's actually important because those things will keep playing away at someone because they might not understand it. So be a good ally and help the person to understand that these words aren't okay. It's not okay to brush it aside. It's okay to actually do the opposite and help them turn that around. And I guess this is just these are just some of the things that we can really do to promote race equality. There's so much more. Uh, that we can do and we mentioned educating ourselves and speaking up and challenging mm-hmm. um, racist behaviors appropriately and as early as we can yes. what else would you say that we can do to promote to promote race equality in general i would say recognize the the, the patterns um, of when you see racism early and um, try surround yourself with you know like daily news perhaps or daily uh, things you see and you know if you know like a, like a person of color is being stigmatized and just um like victimized with any racial um abuse you know just speak to your other um let's say white colleagues and talk to them that okay this is not right this should not be used and try to tell them that if they were in those shoes how would they feel if that was you know put upon them so it's just, you know, being, making sure everyone has that self-awareness and then also making sure that everyone can advocate for someone of color, uh, of, of someone, of a, a person of color as well, because it wouldn't be great to be, be in that person's shoes without not saying anything. It shouldn't always go underneath the surface. But I guess something else that is really, really important is that, well, as a as a white person, I think, is that we start having these conversations amongst white people because I feel like often, oftentimes these topics are only really discussed uh, between the people that are at the receiving end of racism and suffer due to it rather mm-hmm. than the people that um, get to enjoy white privilege. Mm-hmm. So something that we often say or that we often mention in our race equality conversations is that we need to learn how to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yes. Because, of course, many, many times, and as, as it must and should, when white people talk about racism, they feel uncomfortable yes. because they might feel white guilt or they might not understand why they were given some privileges or they feel accused. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the only way that we can really make a progress in this field is if we learn to be uncomfortable with the discussion exactly, and to be comfortable with having such uncomfortable discussions. We need to learn ourselves. We need to support people, but we are the ones that must do a lot of work and the ones that must put um, in the work. I don't yeah. think the duty falls or should fall um, onto being people. And that's often what happens when really we as adults just should own up to it and, 
and get the tools to educate ourselves. And this bring and this brings me to say it's important not to be a bystander when you know you see people of color being um, abused. You know it's important to you know encourage them all throughout um, of that journey, and you know promoting that allyship will help uh, because it will mean that you know you are aware of their experiences, realities. It's also good that. You know, you don't always have to feel like it's an, it's your you don't always have to feel like it's optional for you to just not do anything, you know. So it's necessary that everyone, you know, can make people feel liberated and help them get that freedom of their own self, uh, which is important. So, you know, it's good that allyship can promote a sense of belonging for all. And it's important that we continue to work together to help everyone find their voices. Absolutely. And then another really important point is to donate and to attend peaceful protests and sit-ins or events where these conversations take place. Um, Because that's really another way that we can learn. Yes. Uh, It just helps us realise that we all have a common goal to, you know, living in a safe and free world where we can all feel that um, everyone can feel happy to be in it and they can feel um, supported and encouraged and empowered to keep working together. Absolutely. Thank you for this conversation, Cassie. It was really, um, really nice talking to you. I hope that our fellow students at ARU and beyond um, find it helpful. And if you're interested in the type of work that we do or to learn more about race equality and the work that the race um, equality advocates do on the Chelmsford and Cambridge campus, uh, please come to our events and look our web pages up. Thank Thank you so, so much. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you.